Hello and welcome to Views from the Market, Mid-Market Private Equity and M&A in Canada. My name is Mario Nico, and I'm a partner in the Private Equity and M&A Group at Steichman Elliott. For today's podcast, I'd like to welcome Grant Wallace. Grant is a partner at Relay Transition Partners, and he's based in Vancouver. Grant, thank you for joining us and welcome. Mario, thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Grant, we always start by asking our guests to tell us a little bit about themselves, a little bit about their work and your work at Relay Transition Partners. So I'll start there, a little bit about your history and your work at Relay Transition Partners. Absolutely, yeah. So I'm a merger and acquisition advisor through and through. So I've been advising on private company mergers, acquisitions, and sales for almost 25 years. I started my career in Ernst & Young's corporate finance practice in Toronto, and then I was most recently a managing director in CIBC's mid-market investment banking group here in Vancouver. And as you mentioned, I am based in Vancouver. So generally, my focus is on Western Canadian transactions. From a Relay perspective, so Relay Transition Partners, it's an advisory firm dedicated to selling small and medium-sized businesses. So we started Relay in spring of 2022, and Relay is an affiliate of Fort Capital, which is a larger independent investment bank with offices in Vancouver, Calgary, and Toronto. And the idea behind Relay is to bring high-quality M&A transaction advice and processes to small and medium-sized companies. So we focus on helping business owners with companies worth, say, $5 million to $30 million plus to sell their business. So our typical client is a stable growing business, often in manufacturing, distribution, services industries with, say, a million of EBITDA to five million of EBITDA and an owner or a group of partners that are usually looking to transition the business to new ownership with the goals of finding the right buyer, maximizing value and ensuring a good fit for the employees and the customers, et cetera. Grant, I'm going to take advantage of having you here because you are a mid-market guy, true and true. And you're also based in Vancouver, which can give us a bit of a Vancouver, BC perspective. So I'm going to take advantage of your double strengths here to talk a little bit about the mid-market in BC and in Vancouver. And I always say to people that Vancouver is one of those really stellar mid-market type markets. Like it is made for the mid-market, given the nature of the businesses that are out there, what we see out there. Tell us a little bit about your marketplace, if you could, because I think for me, it's sometimes an underserviced market, but the opportunities are incredible, especially in the mid-market. Yeah, absolutely. British Columbia in particular is absolutely a mid-market province. And I love working here, right? It's so much fun to work with the business owners that have built their companies in this environment. So we're building Relay to be a national firm, just like Ford Capital. But as you say, most of my experience is working on transactions in Western Canada, and it is a really good market. So I'd say a few nuances to the West versus, say, the East. You know, number one is companies tend to be smaller in the West than they are in Ontario or Quebec, right? And that's an easy thing to say, but it's true. And maybe it's not that they're smaller, there's just fewer larger companies. So either way, we're seeing lots of companies worth five, 10, 20 million dollars here and not as many worth 50, 60, 100 million dollars here. Of course, there's some larger businesses, but it's a smaller population base in Western Canada. So for businesses operating in traditional industries, I think it's a bit harder for them to scale to that size. 
we talk about the West, but probably worth spending a minute on the different provinces, right? Like British Columbia is a very different market than Alberta or a different market than Saskatchewan. So while I enjoy working across the West, they are very different and the processes are a bit different. Alberta is still largely energy and energy services driven, not necessarily pure oil and gas, but there's a lot of technology companies, distributors, services businesses that are reliant on the and oil and gas market. And Alberta is such a great get-it-done culture that deals can move quickly and it's refreshing to work in that environment. But it's definitely more cyclical than British Columbia, right? Both in terms of economy and financial results as well as in terms of buyer interest. Because I'm in Vancouver, most of my transactions are BC-based, but I will say they're not necessarily Vancouver-based. So even if we look at Metro Vancouver, I'd say maybe half the deals that we work on are based in greater Vancouver or Metro Vancouver. And the other half are based in some of the secondary or smaller communities outside of Vancouver. And whether that's Victoria or Kamloops or Kelowna, there's lots of great small, mid-sized companies in those smaller centers. You know, I think part of that is medium-sized companies can thrive in some of those areas. The cost of living is lower, real estate is lower, some lower barriers to finding space to set up a manufacturer and attract a high quality workforce and you know, keep people employed and keep costs under control. One of the things, Grant, that you noted earlier, and I want to drill down a little bit because it's you know one of the things I think underappreciated about the BC market when it comes to mid-market deals is, you know, obviously some great tech companies is an unbelievable tech ecosystem there. But what's interesting you highlighted is there's some incredible light manufacturing. There's some services. You know, I've seen some real gems come out of the BC marketplace when it comes to mid-market. What do you see on the ground in terms of sectors, industries that tend to be most prevalent in your products? Yeah, absolutely. So I'd say the deals that we see that get the flashy headlines are the big tech companies. And there's a really good tech ecosystem in Vancouver. That said, most of our transactions, probably the vast majority of our transactions, aren't those tech companies. They're the traditional industries. They're manufacturers, they're distributors, and they're business services. And I know those are general broad categories, but that really is what we see as the bread and butter of the mid-market in British Columbia. And they may not get the super high-priced growth multiples, but they're great companies that generate good cash flow, and they're financeable deals, and they're attractive to buyers. And I said, Grant, when we talk about the buyer universe, the buyer framework, I know here in Ontario, we see a lot of private equity, particularly in the mid-market, like U.S. private equity is very active, obviously Canadian too, but really a lot of private equity that's the majority of the buyers. What is your experience at BC in terms of the lower mid-market? Would you say we're playing in the same marketplace or do you see any uniqueness, any differences in the school of buyers, whatever you call it, the nature of the buyer? I would say at the larger end of the market, they're largely the same acquirers, right? And whether that's private equity firms based in Toronto or coming up from the U.S. or large strategic buyers, for larger businesses, we're attracting the same type of buyers. And I'm generalizing, but for transactions worth up to, say, 15 million of enterprise value or 20 million of enterprise value, which is where we spend a fair bit of our time, the buyers usually are based in Western Canada call that a local family office, a search fund, strategic buyers, often out of Vancouver or Calgary, maybe smaller public companies that are traded on a venture exchange. So these deals just generally aren't large enough to make it worthwhile for an Ontario-based or a U.S.-based buyer to make that trip to make that investment, right? There's lots of good quality companies in Ontario for them to focus on. 
Once we get into the 20 million plus size range, then of course the Ontario private equity community becomes very interested. Absolutely. And it's not a hard rule, but I would say some size thresholds, you know, we say typically 3 million of EBITDA as maybe a minimum size to attract buyers from Ontario and Quebec to the West. 5 million EBITDA as a minimum size to start attracting U.S. buyers in a meaningful way. And that's kind of excluding any synergies or, you know, certain operational reasons for doing that. And frankly, the buyer pool in Western Canada has really deepened in recent years where Maybe eight or 10 years ago, our list of Western Canadian buyers looking to acquire smaller businesses here is pretty short. But now there's so many quality family offices, search funds, small private equity groups that have been set up for exactly that purpose. And Mario, obviously developing the search fund model in Canada is something you've been really instrumental in. And I think that's been great news for owners of these type of companies who probably would have found it more challenging to find a buyer for their business before that model became prevalent, both in British Columbia and across the country. So now we're not necessarily relying on attracting investors, capital buyers for smaller businesses from Ontario or from the U.S. We've got a deep pool here. And not to toot the horn of the search fund space, but BC has been a goldmine for the search fund space. It's almost like a perfect synergy of those kind of lower middle market businesses looking for buyers and you have these searchers who just are looking for exactly those kind of businesses. And one of the areas in Canada where searchers are having the most success, to add to your point, is British Columbia. There's been a great synergy between the searchers and the BC market. Grant, when you think about the marketplace in British Columbia, like who are the players? Is it similar to what we see out east? I know out east, accounting firms obviously have a lot of volume when it comes to mid-market. We do see the banks, but more and more they're moving upstream. Independents are playing more of a role. I'm curious what you're seeing in BC in terms of market players, in terms of advisory. Yeah, I would say it's pretty similar in terms of the types of advisors that you're seeing in Ontario and other markets. We do see every province has different leaders, perhaps, and different groups that have developed some scale and are doing a lot of transactions. In British Columbia, the accounting firms are very active in this market. And of course, it's the mid and the larger end of the market, as are the mid-market M&A divisions of the Canadian banks. For really large deals, of course, we occasionally see U.S. advisors come into the market, but we're not seeing that as much now as perhaps we were before. And from an independent side of things, we do see some quality independent M&A advisory groups that are very active in this market, you know, both on the mid and large size of the market, like we see at Ford Capital, as well as at the small and mid size of the market or side of the market, like we're seeing at Relay. What we are finding is deals are largely sourced and done on a relationship basis. And so business owners will go through transactions. They'll have a good result coming out of that transactions and they'll recommend their advisor to their other business owner friends. And so people that have been doing a really good job for a long time in any market, whether it's Vancouver or otherwise, those are the ones that attract good quality deals. I want to just build on what you were just saying there. Any other unique elements of the BC market, Grant, that you see that you would say define it a little differently? I mean, we talked about size. We talked about sectors. Anything else that you would say it's a little different that you notice about the BC market? I guess a couple of things there. So one is knowing who the right buyers are can be a key factor in getting successful deals done. 
because it's not as easy as just doing a Google search and figuring out who are all these family offices or search funds or smaller private equity groups that could be interested in these type of transactions, right? It does take a long time to understand who the right buyers are and not just knowing names, but knowing what each one of them is looking for and being able to ensure we're showing the right opportunities to the right buyers and not wasting anybody's time. So I'd say that was one thing. For the most part, the structure of deals would be similar here to any other province. A little bit different maybe on larger deals than on smaller deals, but not that many differences between the provinces. I would say financeability is obviously an important part of any transaction. I'm pleased to say that even though obviously on Ontario is where the big banks are all headquarters, all of the banks have good quality people on the ground in Vancouver, in Calgary, across the West. And frankly, they're used to competing for deals and financing opportunities. And so they're coming to the table, they're being aggressive, having to differentiate themselves to win the chance to finance deals with buyers to get transactions closed. I would say pricing is probably another topic that ties into your question, Mario. Pricing for transactions in the West in general is comparable to other provinces. That said, this is just anecdotal. I actually had a buyer tell me recently that after they announced a transaction, the response that they got from their investor base in Ontario was that they got a good deal. Price was a bit low. And the response from their investors in British Columbia was that they overpaid a bit. So maybe there's a little bit of a different perception on pricing. That said, we're not really seeing evidence of that. I'd say good quality business here would sell for roughly the same price as anywhere else. Probably a premium if it's based in Vancouver versus based up in northern British Columbia, just like there'd be a premium in greater Toronto versus a deal that's in a more remote location. Final trend that we may be seeing is deal trends often start on larger deals and Eastern Canadian or Toronto-based deals and gradually make their way out West. Things like vendor due diligence, right? So quality of earnings report done before going to market on behalf of the vendor rather than waiting for the buyer to do their own due diligence work. I guess that started internationally, came into Canada. We're seeing that a lot on Toronto deals the last couple of years, and then it made its way West. So it just took a little bit of time. And now it's standard on larger transactions. Likewise with reps and warranties insurance and those type sort of trends. So I like to listen to your podcast, Mario, to be able to hear about the deal trends before they make their way out to British Columbia so we can bring the cutting edge news to our client base. Want to ask you a little bit, we call it the crystal ball. First, I'll start by asking you, how is deal flow in BC? Are you finding it still strong? What's your perspective on current deal flow? And then the crystal ball is, tell us a little bit where you think things are going from where you sit and what you're expecting rest of the year, next year, your thoughts on anything you're seeing in terms of trends and opportunities. Yeah, I would say deal flow has been really good. So been pleased about 2022 and the first half of 2023. Obviously, there's a lag in our business. Business owners think about doing a transaction they meet with advisors, they start talking about value and structure and process, it takes a while to get ready to sell the business. And then that can be a six to nine month process. So the deals that are closing now are transactions that probably started in 2022. And maybe those discussions started a lot earlier than that. So it's a long term cycle. I would say heading into the fall of 2023, so where we are today, it's a little bit slower than where we were in the spring or last fall, but that's off a pretty high peak coming out of a record 2021. So my sense is the fall of this year will probably be about the same as it's been, maybe a slightly lower number of transactions, but not a dramatic decline, right? 
given 2023 has been maybe a little slower overall or is expected to be a little slower overall, I think next year could be a, a bit busier. I'm not, again, expecting it to jump 30% or anything like that, but there was just like there was a lot of backlog of transactions that got done in 2021 and 2022 after a really slow 2020, could see the same in 2024, just not as dramatic. Larger end of the market, obviously, those swings and slowdowns are a bit bigger. Valuations, transactions, sentiment is kind of more tied to the stock market and what's happening in the economy. Smaller end of the market, well, there's some of that. Business owners, they want to sell when they want to sell. And it's often more about life circumstances, family, health, et cetera, than it is about what's happening in the economy. The average age of a business owner that we work with is 59 years old. And of course, some are 35 and some are 85, but turning 60 seems to be a bit of a natural threshold in the time to sell a business and still young enough to retain some ownership if they like and ensure a proper transition to new ownership, whether that's a period of months or years. So it's more about the demographics, I would say, and that demographic trend continues to hold strong for the foreseeable future. I want to say thank you for joining us for giving us your perspective, not only on the mid-market in British Columbia, but also just what you're seeing in the marketplace and what you're working on. So thank you so much for joining us. It's been great to have you here and we greatly appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, thanks again for having me, Mario, and looking forward to continuing to work with you and your team. 